Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how you doing? I just found a honker. Oh, good God. A little, uh, a little, a little old school um, car horn in my, uh, or, or bike horn in my, uh, in my study, so to speak. Your clown days. Days there. Why yeah, you from, from the time... Um, well, I thought I'm, I'm, I'm not a man who can drive a car, so I thought I'll buy one of those clown cars because um, no one would be surprised if I crash that one. They'll be like, oh, well, he's just doing a bit. He's just doing a thing. He's doing a little joke, crashing his car. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't actually know why I bought it. And I'm currently doing my expenses for about five years of Stakhanov, um, Stakhanov production. Um, and, oh, and my colleagues are going to be so upset with me. I've spent so much money on so much oh, tat for the office. Clown Three horns. iterations of FIFA, and I'm th- look at that clown horn gone. I have no idea why I would have a clown horn unless I bought it for work. <laughs> Such is my life. But God, yeah, it's here. It's here now. Well, why yeah. am I not surprised? Well done though for doing those yeah. five years of expenses. Good man. Well, I mean, well, Hard there won't be an abroad Japan podcast next week because we, we will have to sell the studio because of all of the things that I've spent, all the money I've spent. <laughs> <laughs> to t- take up a job as a clown, the yeah. job you were born for. <laughs> With your little clown horn. <laughs> uh, oh, I've had a, an interesting start today. I've just received, oh. through the mail, the first business cards that I've had in the last, what, four years. Uh, as you know, business cards are an essential part of living in Japan, right? Mm. Um, but years ago, I got some business cards made up, and it's, it just feels a bit weird being a YouTuber with business cards. It feels a bit perverse because... You, being you know being a youtuber isn't a proper job it's just a thing you do in your bedroom but i stopped giving them out when i went to events back in the day three or four years ago when i had the last iteration because i put my mobile phone num- mobile phone number on and uh that just seemed like a bad a bad a bad mistake i don't like people ringing me up uh and so rather than just get rid of my mobile phone number off the business cards i just stopped handing out business cards altogether and so for the last four years i haven't had any meishi you know the most important part of living in japan is having a business card so i thought the time has come uh to get some business cards made up without my mobile phone number and they've just come through and they're very nice they've got round edges Mm. there's a photo of a shrine on the back i sent you a photo a minute ago what do you reckon are they good? I really like that. I mean, I really like the front cover. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is your um, email address connected to your iCloud account? Because people could be phoning you on that anyway. People could be video calling you with that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, think, uh, I think I'm good. I've just got a Gmail email yeah. address on there. And it just says, Chris oh, okay. Broad, creator and filmmaker. Oh, just a filmmaker. I'm a creator. I trust <laughs> and, uh, you. And I, I, I like the the, um, the little kind of um, iris, the little kind of camera iris thing um, in front of a big Tory gate. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful work. Proof that I do something in the world of photography. And uh, <laughs> I had the difficult task, though, of writing how many subscribers the Abroad in Japan channel has. Because it says the Abroad in Japan channel, youtube.com forward slash Abroad in Japan. And I put 1.5 million people subscribed. Um, right. Of course... There's actually more like 1.8 million. But it just seemed a bit weird. It just seemed a bit odd. Why? Putting 1.8 well, million, million on there. Well, I mean, just just round up because it, it'll eventually get to two. <laughs> so I just put two. Dress for the job you want, not the one you got, mate. 
<laughs> it's one of those weird situations you find yourself in sometimes when you talk about your number of subscribers because it can be a bit pedantic being like oh, i've got 1.752 million subscribers but mm. i think if i'd rounded it up to 2 million and i hand out the business card to someone important they look up the channel and they see that i've actually got 1.8 million subscribers they'd be like oh He's a liar. He's a lying scumbag, this abroad in Japan, Chris, this creator uh, guy. Uh, or, so now that I've got 1.5 million, I've kind of yeah. saved myself if they do look up the uh, the channel. I look good. Well, it just looks like you've done something horrific and you've lost like 20% of your, <laughs> your fans. <laughs> What's yeah, he done that, recently? Didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. you, so, so you're going to be doing something um, on a panel uh, recently, uh, uh, very soon. So that, that, that's that's kind of why you got your, your, your cards. But... Mm. I heard, I heard through um, literally you telling me five minutes ago <laughs> that you turned down. Um, I don't know how lucrative it was, but it certainly sounds like a lot of bloody fun. You turned down a job in Okinawa, a luxury hotel resort thing in Okinawa, uh, um, advertising a hotel slash experience. Uh, you riding a horsey down a beach and you turn it down because you didn't want to ride a little horsey down the beach. Now, Chris Broad. That sounds majestic. Explain yourself. You you like the idea of riding a horse across Okinawa? The, the I've beach ridden a horse. I've ridden a horse a few times, mate. I'm I'm I'm, I'm banging to it. I'm really good. So you, can, <laughs> you can't drive a car, but you can ride a horse. Exactly. Exactly. Your method of transport. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I gave it up. I gave up the. I had this opportunity to come up to do something in Okinawa, um, some sort of luxury travel video i think and um mm. i don't know i just i don't really do sponsor videos to be honest as you've seen over the years i don't really enjoy it much um the only time i do do stuff sometimes is when i get given like a subsidy to just pick a place like pick a prefecture and then go around and do our own thing like if, about a year or two ago riotta and i did a, a video in um yamaguchi prefecture and for that one, we did uh, fugu because that's like the local dish of Yamaguchi. Mm. Uh, but with that, we got contacted by like a local tourism board um, for the government, I think. And they sort of said, here's some money to subsidize your travel. Pick where you want to go and just kind of help showcase the prefecture. And that's, mm. that is the kind of thing I like to do. But with this one in Okinawa, I think it was a lot more controlled as to what I could do. There wasn't right. any creative freedom. And I just don't enjoy that. You know, travel is supposed to be adventurous spontaneous fun i probably couldn't swear in it i probably couldn't be myself um so i just thought no so and and the horse idea on the beach chris horse of, on the beach that's the angle horse on a beach the idea of riding a horse across a beach sent a shudder down my spine i Gorsa don't do horses style <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have worked if it had come from ghost of Tsushima, i might have uh, acted differently <laughs> but yes i turned it down sorry pete i know you love You'd love the idea of going to Okinawa, Got so it. I feel bad telling you about it. I should, have, it. Uh, should have kept that to myself. Mm. You think that they'd um, sort of, it, with obviously the, um, the the COVID situation and the fact that you just can't get into Japan, uh, why don't they just treat the islands as slightly different? Because obviously different. It's, it's a very different situation in Tokyo to Okinawa, isn't it? So why, is there, why are you not allowed into Okinawa? But it's not, actually. There was a, a case oh. last month where... Because uh, obviously Okinawa is home to a massive military base, a lot of uh, American yeah. service folks came coming over from America, brought the infection with them, and it's kind of spread a little bit throughout Okinawa and caused a lot of political tension there. Because obviously the people in Okinawa don't like the idea of having an American military base there for various reasons, and uh, that flare up 
of cases in COVID-19 in Okinawa caused a few more problems and already tense political situations. So even well, Okinawa is not then, safe. I? <laughs> I've got yeah. my answer. It's got terrible COVID problems. <laughs> There's no escape. Um, mm. But yeah, that's, that's that. And uh, you never know. Next time I see you, you might get to fondle one of these nice, luxurious business cards for yourself, Pete. I'll have to give you one. Yeah, oh, yes. I will fold it up <laughs> into four pieces what? and put it in my mouth, which is where I put all of my business cards. <laughs> do, you, do you have a business card yourself? Do you have one? For uh, you? No, I've never had a business card. To my chagrin, uh, the rest of my company got business cards, but I was uh, I missed out on it. Even junior members of staff got them, um, but they clearly didn't think I was could be trusted with them. <laughs> Too busy fiddling expenses at your company to get the business cards. Well, you deserve. exactly. You know, I know, right? So many, so many copies of FIFA every year. More FIFA. Shady young man. Um, <laughs> now, as you know, we like to kick off this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. More recently, with stories of the week sent in by you guys, and we got an interesting story uh, from a guy who scammed the scammers of Tokyo. Um, as you know, probably there's a there's a nasty culture in the district of Shinjuku in Kabukicho, the famous red light district, where a lot of people get scammed. And we've talked about it, haven't we, Pete? Where people have gone in a bar had their drinks spiked and then had their wallets stolen and credit cards, uh, just all the money extracted from the credit cards. I think we had a, mm. a couple a year ago who had just come to Japan on the honeymoon and lost something like six or $7,000 on a night out in mm. one of these bars. Do you remember that? That's what I mean. I mean, that was the main kind of fear that uh, the, the only thing the first time I went to Japan, that was the one thing mm. I was scared of, that I was going to get drugged. Nowadays, I think I'd, I'd I'd love some free drugs. <laughs> oh, I love a nice with jet lag. I love a, I love a nice sleep. Me <laughs> jet lag drugs and chance business of, cards. Yeah, chance to be Donaldson. a fine thing. Chance to be a fine thing. Sleeping past five a.m. with jet lag. Bring it on! I say. Bloody hell! Well, this story comes from uh, Heath in Australia, and it's a story where he scammed the scammers, and it starts. Uh, Hi, Chris Abit, long-time listener, with a story from my travels to Japan in 2017. It was my second trip to Japan, travelling with my good mate Pete, kicking around the land of the rising sun. Prior to the trip, I'd done some research on known scams and areas to be cautious of when out drinking, which we were doing a lot of. Uh, we were staying at Citadine's Shinjuku Hotel, uh, close to Kabukicho and Golden Guy. And as you know, there's certain men around there who approach you frequently in the surrounding streets, asking you for asking you to go to their bars with discounts, and they harass you every time you step on the street. Uh, we had five nights at this hotel, and on day four, I'd had enough of this harassment. And as I read about this scam, I thought I'd play them at their own game with my inside knowledge of what they would do to me. <laughs> Pete was getting a tattoo the next day near Harajuku, so we couldn't drink this night, so I was on my own. I started out drinking some Kirin whiskey, uh, solo in the hotel room, building up some courage while telling Pete my plan. He thought it was a bit crazy, but gave his blessing as my travel companion. After I was fairly jolly, I went down to street level and was instantly approached by the same guy who pestered me all week long. I said, let's sit down and have a chat first, so I trust you and what you're telling me. So he went into Family Mart under the hotel, grabbed a beer and sat outside. He told me, as he smoked his Marlboro, uh, to come to the bar. It's all you can drink. Karaoke, heaps of fun, he said. Uh, it would help him as well because he gets paid a commission for anyone he brings to the bar. So I surprised him and said, OK, if it helps you, let's go to this bar. He said, great, it's just across the street, up on level three. So I followed him and we went up the lift uh, to the next, to the building. Um, next, as the doors opened and we walked in the bar, I found it to be the size of a studio apartment with an open karaoke booth to one side and a stocked bar with a few girls serving drinks on the other. The bar girls gave the introducer 
a, sh- a, a sly half smile with a suspicious look. Uh, and they thanked him for bringing me up. He then left as I approached the bar uh, to pay the all drinks fee with my cash from my pocket. Um, I started with a Jack Daniels and Coke. Some time passed and some more drinks were had. And I decided to take what would turn out to be my last drink to join some other patrons in the karaoke area. Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing. And as we were singing along to give it away, I had the microphone and midway through the phrase, what you got, I got to get it, put it in you. Bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I felt like a rhino in a David Attenborough documentary that had been shot by a tranquilizer dart. It wasn't an alcoholic drink feeling. It was a holy crap, the drugs have just kicked in feeling. Uh, I'm six foot three and I'm solid. Uh, so I'd make an impact if I was about to fall, which I felt like I was going to. Um, I knew I had to quickly finalise my plan and get back to my room safely. So I stumbled over to the bar and at this point, the, the bar girls asked my wallet. I pulled it out and she carefully released it from my hand and started going through it. This is when Operation Screw the Scammers went into full throttle. Her face was shocked and bemused. She said, where are your credit cards? Do you have any money? Uh, At this point, they usually charge as much to your credit card as they can, often thousands of dollars. What they didn't know, though, was that before I left my hotel room, I emptied all my cards, identification, and just left a single 2,000 yen note in my wallet, which I was happy to lose for the experience. The drugs were kicking in hard at this point. I left the bar feeling like I just had a victory for all the unlucky travellers who'd been previously scammed. I scammed the scammers. Well, at a minimum, I saw firsthand the scam being scammed without being scammed. <laughs> There's so many words scammed, which I scammed thought was great. I jumped in the elevator and somehow dragged myself back to the room. The hotel, like many in Japan, had a lift to the reception and then to another to your room. This concept is very challenging in my state, but I nonetheless managed to get to my room and crashed through the door and collapsed over the lamp into my bed, sleeping like a shot rhino until mid-morning. I woke up, jumped in a cab and went to watch the final hour of Pete's massive tattoo on his upper right leg get done uh, at three tides. Mission complete. Although this is a great memory of the trip, I won't be doing it again. Next visit um, to your listeners, I'd say uh, my scam advice is uh, don't do it. It's not fun. It's pretty dangerous, and I don't recommend it. Have a great week. Kampai Heath from Australia, the man who scammed the scammers. (laughs) Kind of. What a story. Heath, I can't tell whether that's sociopathic behaviour or psychotic (laughs) behaviour. Either way, uh, Heath, um, you are a fucking maniac, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just so you gotta look after your body better mate that's risky that is just risky with whiskey and the rest um what i like yeah, i mean wow he, he left a 2000 yen note in his wallet and you know how rare those mm. are right you don't get them yeah lucky super mm. lucky although he probably got it in his own country like you, you can get them quite easily at home but yeah. uh Scammer, scammer. That's incredible. That, I mean, that is incredible. I mean, did he scam the scammers? He just kind of not really because the the entrance <laughs> the entrance fee was agreed. He got his uh, um eye. He drank his, uh, his two drinks, sang karaoke, and then uh, risked uh, his life with um, some drugs. So there we go. And I bet they would have over egged the pudding when it comes to how much drugs is, is a six foot two solid Australian going to take before he gets put down. Wow. What do they put in these drinks, do you reckon? What is it they actually blend I in? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean... Only one way to I, find I, out. It's probably, it's probably those... Scam, sl- scam. What, they, what they call them? Mickeys. Mickeys. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it, uh, in um, police procedurals, they say, mm. did you sl- slip him a Mickey? Uh, I, so I don't know what a Mickey is. It's probably just loads of Valium. 
They give them do- they give Valium to um, uh, dogs in uh, London. I didn't know that. Like you know, like when you see dogs in the street with like yeah. um, homeless people, um, frequently they're um, they, they've been given Valium, so they're just a lot more sedate, a lot more adorable. I explain why the dogs sitting with homeless always people sleeping. are always so sleepy. Always sleeping. Yeah, I, I had no idea. And I, but I was thinking, why would you waste good? Good tablets on dogs. Good tablets Just look after dogs. your dog for crying out loud. I don't know. You seem oh, like someone know. who is willing to do the same thing Heath did, Pete. Of all the people I know, you are probably near the top of the list of people that would probably do this at some point or another. Yeah. What do you reckon? I mean, it's only, it's only over the road. It's only, it's only, yes. It's only over the road. Don't look into, do the Homer Simpson with the big Stetson and the camera in it. Don't look into the hat, Apu. Don't look into the hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, da- it's dangerous. Not recommended. The Brontish Band Podcast and Skarnov uh, Productions do not recommend uh, getting yourself drugged like a rhino. Definitely. Even if the story afterwards is somewhat cathartic, hearing the scammers get beaten at their own game in a weird kind of way. It would have been even better. Like, the only way it would have been like, Really cathartic as if he just tore up in his kind of rhino drug state, just tore up the bar and smashed mm. everything and then ran out. Because yeah. these places are usually run by shady individuals. Obviously, people often relate to the Akita in some way, shape, or form. But I reckon Heath could have taken them all on. Six foot three. <laughs> a big sleepy <laughs> Drunk boy. Drunk on whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> what a story, though. What a story. One of the, yeah. one of the only good stories we've had to come out of the uh, Kabukicho Red Light District. Uh, where thought something's gone right there, eh? It's a nice yeah, one. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> now, just down the road from Kabukicho is uh, what's, uh, Yorgi, Yorgi Park, and uh, it's a beautiful park. Mm. And there's been a thing recently, there's been a news story going around that's captured the world's attention. Basically, they've just installed some transparent toilets. What do you think about this, Pete? Right. Have you seen the transparent toilets in Harajuku Park? I've I've not the seen the part. um I've not really seen the um I've not seen the the um the transparent toilets Fa- fascinating fascinating uh, situation but they're not transparent all of the time they're only transparent when nobody's in them and then as soon as they um as soon as you're in them um they become opaque but I would say that we've all had experiences with train toilets where they open when you when you don't expect them it's it's the bedrock of every um comedic touchstone that every stand up has ever spoke about on That's on stage true. for the past 5 years so i would say um why do we need to risk this what's wrong with bricks or even uh glass bricks at least they would kind of obfuscate what you're actually you know up to it's pretty ominous, like, seeing the photos. Basically, the uh, Tokyo Toilet Project, which is a non-profit organisation, decided to install some toilets that were uh, cleaner than usual public toilets. Obviously, public toilets, as you just said, aren't the most flattering places to be in. Although, typically mm. in Japan, they're not too bad already, to be fair. But uh, the idea being with these ones that you can see straight through them, they're transparent. You go in, lock the door, and it kind of makes the um, the walls go opaque. Uh, it's called Smart Glass. Smart Glass. And, uh, very clever. It's very clever. It's quite impressive. I don't know if I have it within me to actually ever try it or go in there myself. Um, mm. My friend, Aki Dearest, who's uh, partners with Joey, the anime man, she went in there and made a video, and she's a brave girl. I'd, honestly, I don't think I could bring myself to do it. But they're currently looking to install, uh, installing 17 of these toilets around Shibuya by next spring. And uh, they've been designed by a, an award-winning architect, Shigeru Ban. And uh, so it must be good. 
because it's a war winning. Mm. But I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on the idea. Um, I no, kind of wonder either. if it was an idea, if it was like a concept to be a good PR stunt for the upcoming Olympics that were unfortunately cancelled or postponed. I wonder if they were made time with that, other than just to look nice. Yeah. Yeah, that that's true, actually. I mean, and I mean, I've I've, I've just watched a little video of them, um, and they are yeah, quite quite nice colours, really. <laughs> like there's greens and blues and reds. They're, they're, it's incredible how they how how they work. I wonder I wonder how they do work. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how smart glass works. All I know is, uh, as well as trying to um, keep the toilets clean, the idea is also that people going in the toilets at night when it's dark can see inside. There's no one waiting there for them which is probably a, mm. quite a good reason to have the toilets actually because there's no way you could mm. hide inside it unless you uh unless you kind of flip the switch and make them unlock the door and make the glass opaque. So from that perspective, it's a pretty good idea actually for safety. I mean they reasons. still know that you're in there. They still know that you're in there though. <laughs> it's like when David Blaine um got in a little glass box on uh, the Thames a few years ago, I remember. That, yeah. <laughs> but like if if you're lying in wait right if you go say i'm i'm going to the toilet it's seven o'clock at night mm. it's pitch black yeah pete donaldson the murderer is mm. in harajuku yogi park and we go in and i can see you're in there crouching there with a some sort of dangerous tool um providing you haven't activated the smart class i can see you're there so i'll be like oh he's in there he's obviously oh, right, a dangerous okay. murderer i'm not going in <laughs> And if you did, yeah, I guess so. I think you have to lock the door to make the glass go opaque. And obviously, if it's opaque, mm. then you know someone's in there. You're not and you should in there, uh, yeah. run away. So it's safe. So that good perspective okay. is a pretty good idea, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've never been this scared of toilets, but you're making me scared of toilets. So thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> now you've got a reason to be scared. Um, yeah, but I, it's quite a cool idea. I'll, uh, I might have to give them a try next time I'm down in Tokyo. I might give it a whirl. But uh, go and check out Aki Dearest's video: um, Tokyo's Transparent Toilets. Pretty swanky, yeah. pretty stylish. Japan is, of spend course... Spend a see-through penny. <laughs> spend a see-through penny. Japan, the pioneer of toilet technology throughout the world. Mm. Um, I still haven't been to that toilet museum. I think, where is it? It's in Kyushu. I think you went to it, mm. didn't you? Did you go to it? Um, Toto no, museum? I think I went, I, went to, I went to a pool museum in... Um, I went to a pool museum in Korea, I think, uh, in Seoul back in the day. But yeah, I've, I've never been to one in Japan. <laughs> the ultimate cultural <laughs> Where experience. the pools are different. Yeah, very true. I, yeah, take those transparent toilets. Check them out. Go like and uh, go in there before you get scammed by the scammers. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. In 2020, self-care can seem like yet another overwhelming job for women. Every week, we test out a new kind of self-care so you don't have to. Firstly, can we just clarify how we pronounce it? Kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. Kombucha. Kombucha. Self-care club. Wellness road tested. So that was the first yeah. day. You know, it was just the not slipping into the complete default mode of what I normally do, which is have a go at my husband for what he hasn't done. And, you know, all of that stuff, I kind yeah. of stopped. Okay, so it was more the absence of meanness rather than the projection <laughs> of kindness <laughs> at this initial point. Yes. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. This week, we are testing out menstrual cups. How are you feeling? Dreading it. I know that you love to give a practice that's all about down below. I'm not interested. I've never even really thought about it since before I met you. You've Let- never thought about your vagina until you met me. It doesn't get a lot of air t- <laughs> doesn't get a lot of air time. No, it doesn't. The Self-Care Club is a Stakhanov production. Um, we now turn our attention to the fax machine. What do we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? Oh, we've got a fax from Sahil, uh, who's uh, helpfully written um, precisely how you say Sahil. I, I actually had a friend called Sahil, so I was, I was all over at Sahil, all right? Uh, dear Chris and Pete, thank you for uh, a, a, an amazing podcast. I've been listening to the podcast since late May this year, and I've just realised I'm all caught up. I started on the podcast after watching most of the YouTube channel, which I started watching just after Chris's birthday this year, although my best friend recommended it to me two years ago. And in glowing terms at that, I only got on board this year. That's the problem, isn't it, Chris? When people recommend stuff to you, it could be video games, it could be films, it could be books. I never get round to actually consuming the media. I never get round to doing it because it's not my idea and I'm incredibly <laughs> bullish about things. <laughs> um, I, will, I studied at the... Sorry, I'll Chris, say to uh, any of you guys listening, if you recommend the Braun Japan podcast, any of your friends, bully them to listen mm. to it. Don't make yes. them wait two years. Just keep prodding no. them until they actually do it. Yeah, until do you it. hear that intro. Uh, what does Netsky say at the start of the podcast? I've completely forgotten. Wow. wow. Yeah, he goes, wow. wow. <laughs> Until you hear that, wow. Uh, it's, it's, it, you've, you've not done your job, quite frankly. Anyway, uh, Sahel goes on. Uh, I studied at the Hokkaido University between uh, 2013 and 2017, after which I moved back to India. As of mid-July this year, I'm working for Hokkaido. Uh, home for me is uh, Sapporo, and there have been, there, there, uh, there hasn't been a day, maybe there hasn't been a day I didn't regret, regret leaving. Uh, and now I have a chance to go back. I am delighted. My question for you is this. Imagine that you left Japan and weren't able to go back for three years. In this scenario, what would be the first things you would do when you return to Japan? Not counting recovering from the jet lag, of course. All that I have planned is to eat all the food. And yes, I realize that is perhaps not the healthiest choice. Uh, thanks for the uh, hours of entertainment of all the places in Sapporo uh, you've covered. I've only ever been to the Snow Festival and the Bar Flare. I uh, hope you'll cover more of Sapporo and uh, Hokkaido in the future, especially that Chris now has his own car. Enthusiastically yours, Sahil. Uh, have you ever, Chris, have you ever been to the um, top of the country, the very top, you know, when you sort of like um, could look out at Russia or whatever? Yeah, what's it called? Cape Sawyer? I think it's called Cape Sawyer. Mm, something like that, always, yeah, yeah. 
I've always thought it's about going schlepp, up there. It's mm. what? <laughs> it's a what? It's a bit of a schlep, isn't it? A schlep. schlep. Does that mean like slog? <laughs> Distance? Yeah, but but yeah, yes, it it, it 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 takes a long time. Hard work. I yeah, I mean, it's, it takes so long to get across Hokkaido in general. It's absolutely huge. It is Japan's biggest prefecture, right? Um, mm. but yeah, I'd love to go up there. I don't know what time of year would be best. Like part of me, I would like to go in winter because I think the coldest place in Japan is up there in winter. And I think it could be quite an experience. I think it's like minus 20 or minus 30 or something. So that could be fun. But I'd need a bloody good excuse to go all that way. And I certainly <laughs> would be reluctant to drive it. Having driven across Hokkaido a few winters back, it was pretty treacherous. A bit fun. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd yeah. wait. I'd wait till it cool, uh, warms up a little bit. Yeah, it could be fun, though. And mm. as for what I would do before I returned to Japan after many years... It's a pretty obvious, easy one for me. I'll just go back to my spiritual homeland of Yamagata, meet with Natsuki and go down the pub and eat some edamame Lovely. and some chicken and drink and just chat and have fun and maybe do some karaoke. But that'll be it, like go back there and see some friends. What about you, Pete? Any idea? Um, I would hit my favourite bar, Bar Rockaholic. I would request of you would. all of the songs um, for three hours and really upset the YouTube GD- DJ person. And uh, I would drink uh, the Yogurito shot that I love so much and have several red eyes, which is tomato juice. Yogurito and, yogurito and red eyes. <laughs> Two things we, uh, we fundamentally disagree on. Mm, Still don't see the indeed. appeal of red eye. What is, it, <laughs> what is it? Tomato disgusting. ketchup, tomato sauce, or whatever in a beer. Don't get it. Yeah, just tomato, tomato and beer. Delicious, delicious. We got one here <laughs> from Tepper in San Jose. It says hello, love the podcast, guys. And I have a quick question. I was watching Chris's video, my favourite place in Japan, where he's currently sitting on a coastline with some Buddhas carved into the rocks. I notice people leaving money beside the Buddha. Um, I know Japanese people are highly respectful. So in this situation, does anyone ever go out to collect the money or does it just sit there? What's done with the money? Seems like it would be considered a bit disrespectful to spend the money that symbolises good fortune. I may be wrong because clearly the money can't sit forever and never go back into circulation. Just wanted to get some insights onto how the Japanese think about those offerings. Thanks, guys. Tepper from California. I, you've been to this. You've been to this Buddha as well, Pete. Do you remember the Buddha? I have. Yeah, yeah. I remember that was With the first thing. Uh, the first time we'd hung out in Japan, I think we went straight to uh, went straight to this coastline where um, these kind of like jaggedy cliffs. They probably won't be well small cliffs, but they they, they 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 probably won't be there for 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 a huge amount of time longer. But somebody just went. It was about a hundred years ago. Just sort of carved a lot of Buddhas into them. Yeah, it was some sort of Buddhist monk carved um, hmm. all these Buddhas into the rocks. I think 16 Buddhas. And then to celebrate, he killed himself by throwing himself in the sea. Um, That's right, yeah. And his legacy stands the test of time. They're pretty cool, though. It's one of my favourite places, actually. Um, hmm. But there is one Buddha in particular, this little chubby Buddha, carved in the rocks. And he's quite low down, but he's got a mountain of coins surrounding him, like one yen coins. And I think that's the key here, Tepper. The coins aren't really of that much value. You could scoop them up and spend them at the Seven Eleven on a can of coffee if you were a terrible human being. <laughs> the worst man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, it's such a paltry sum. It's, it's more like a symbolic gesture, to be honest. Um, but there are quite a lot of Buddhas across the country where there are coins dotted around them. But yeah, people leave them. It would be bad luck. People are quite spiritual here. Um, and I think that supernatural element would stop you because you 
you'd feel a sense of guilt by taking them, by kind of stealing the coins away from these uh, these Buddhas. Um, would you be tempted, Pete? What are your thoughts? Well, I'd go out and buy them some more um, jackets because obviously the, the little Buddhas, um, they little kind of um, little gods, god uh, representations, they always, uh, when it's raining, they put little red hats on them so they don't get wet. Uh, I'd buy them some wicked, pretty green Liam Gallagher uh, coats. <laughs> Lovely idea. They look so cool. Lovely. And sun- and Sonny's Ray-Bans, I'd put Ray-Bans on them. <laughs> One step too far. Gone from Ray-Bans being a nice gesture to being a bit exploitative of a situation. Hey, Chris, I'm, look, I'm going to help you out here. You're going to get emails about saying San Jose, California. I heard <laughs> Did it. Did I say Jose? Heard it. I, I think you might San have said Jose. Jose. I think... <laughs> I know, I, but I think you've oh got, I'm just helping you out here, mate. So for those of you who have already written your little emails and you've got to this part of the podcast, delete email, all right? Apologize for sending it. Apologize for sending the tweet. <laughs> there was the American state that I kept messing up the pronunciation of. And while you read the next mail, I'm going to remember what it is right. and look Okey it up. Dokey. Yeah. Dive in. Okay. Um, Kai from the UK. Um, uh, I've watched both. I've watched your podcast for quite a while now. I've watched your podcasts. Uh, and my question today is for both Pete and Chris. If you could stay, uh, if you could both stay in any Japanese business overnight, what would you choose? Anywhere is on the table. Um, also, I just want to say that your video, I know. I also want to say that your videos helped me decide that I want to go and teach in Japan. So thanks so much. Uh, keep up the great, great work, Kai from the UK. Lovely to have you along. Kai. I know one other Kai. Well, I know one Kai. I don't know you that well, that Kai, uh, but thank you for your message. Um, <laughs> I just get excited when when Kai uh, appears. Um, what would you stay in? I would stay in a pachinko parlor, and I'd just fill the entirety of the floor. Any blank space I'd fill with um, ball bearings, and I'd just slide around on my belly. Oh, good God. It's a horrifying That'd be so side. cool. That'd be so cool. At least it'd be quiet, though. One of the few bloody times a place like that would be quiet, eh? Yeah, exactly given how ruthlessly noisy they are. I, um, what was the, Oh yeah. I found the name of the state, by the way, it was Maryland. I always pronounce it as Maryland. 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 Oh, uh, and it's, and it's Maryland for them, is it? Maryland. Yeah. Someone tore me to shreds for that a few months ago. Was that, uh, um, was that worth it? Was all, was all that worth it? <laughs> no, it was worth it. I, <laughs> butchering another, Another American location, the pronunciation. I where would I stay overnight? God, I would stay in a. It's a tough question, isn't it? How do you think up things so quick? How did Pachinko come to your mind like that? Well, it takes oh, me time. Just so to think bloody rando. I'd uh, I would um, stay in a hard off and play all of the instruments. There's always so many weird instruments in in hard offs. Or, or book offs or whatever they're called, um, the secondhand shops in, in Japan. There's, a, there's, a, there's always like some wicked guitars and then some really weird custom guitars that I don't even know how they priced it up. They probably just went, we're not even selling this trash. We'll give you $50 <laughs> for it. <laughs> the, the problem with hard off is things are just expensive. Like I remember going in there to look at computers and laptops and stuff and video and video games consoles, and they're like more expensive there than like buying it new half the time. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. All rather they are off. very well kept. Very well kept. True, true. As for me, I think I would break into a... I'd stay overnight at a Pets at Home, which is a, a <laughs> pet store, and I would let all the animals roam free. Because if you go into one of these pet nice. shops in Japan, the uh, the cats and dogs are like in these boxes, and it's a bit depressing sometimes. And I'd go in there, and there's parrots, and there's various 
weird animals like squirrels and gerbils and cats and dogs. I'd let them all roam free. I'd break open the glass and let them escape. And uh, mm. they're probably a bad idea, actually, letting these little kittens and puppies run around, run amok through the streets of Japan. But that is what I would do nonetheless. Man mm. of the people. The rats would get every last one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I've got one here from James in Manchester. It says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I discovered your podcast last year and became an avid listener on my commute to and from work. Sadly, when I changed jobs, I fell behind and have only now begun to catch up on all the episodes I've missed. I've just about reached January, and it's both strange and poignant to think back to a pre-COVID time and listen to all the plans you had for the year. Um, I myself was hoping to visit Japan at some, some point this year. My question is, if you could give your ja- uh, January selves any useful advice about how to pre- prepare for the pandemic, what would it be? I'm making good progress through the back catalogue, so if you read this out, I'm sure I'll hear the answer by October. Cheers, James in Manchester. Yeah, that must be quite weird going back to uh, the podcast in January, December. Uh, I think we did a, a podcast with like our New Year's resolutions, things we wanted to do, and they've all gone down the pan, and that was the end of that. Um, it's been a, mm. a bizarre year. I don't know what advice I would give. I think I would go back to um, April and try and tell myself to study more. Like I started studying Japanese about a month or two ago, as I mentioned and um, on the podcast, and I uh, I feel like I should have started back in April because from April I was basically just sitting indoors the whole time, making videos and not doing a whole lot. So I would have tried to make use of that time indoors and study a bit more. Um, but I'm hoping in the last quarter of this year we can make up for uh, some of the, well, just how rubbish this year has been in a lot of ways. And I've got like a road trip that I'm currently planning, which I'll talk about in a future episode. But I'm trying to make up for it desperately in the last quarter of this year. What about you, Pete? What would you tell yourself? What advice would you give? I would become a Tory uh, MP and give all of the PPE contracts to my friends and make a load of money. Um, <laughs> no, I would probably invest in alcohol gel, I imagine. Um, uh, I'd, point, I'd switch yeah. from consuming alcohol to uh, distilling alcohol gel because we, you know, it was obviously a lot of uh, a lot of people make a lot of money out of uh, our new um, thirst, our endless thirst for the old alcohol gel. Unfortunately, so yeah. Um, what would I do? I think everyone had sort of plans, didn't they, for what, um, for what, uh, you know, what, what, mm. what the, the time away from work was going to be like. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really slow up. I didn't change. I, I, I quit my um, radio job at the back end of last year to concentrate on the podcast company. And then obviously, the podcast company um, was my sole project um and obviously that that, mm. that took a lot more work than, than we expected so I, I probably would have spent a little bit more time being a bit more creative um because i do like making stupid stuff <laughs> every now and again <laughs> i love i love that your, your first idea was to profit profit from this profit this from pandemic. it yeah. mm. typical p well you know what i will say though is uh alcoholic hand gel seems to become really trendy and cool to have in japan like people have like uh holsters for their gel like there's natsuki he <laughs> treats it like cool. a gun or something he like whips it out and he <laughs> spins it around and he sprays his hand and then he offers it around and he holsters it back in his pocket and he loves his hand gel he loves his alcoholic hand gel and i feel left Love out because i don't have a i don't have a private stash i don't have my own pocket gel do you carry one around 
No, I, I really don't. I, um, all of the tube stations, most um, offices have have it on tap. Effectively, most supermarkets have the little um, the little dispensers with that the you um, activate with the foot. I've been very surprised, um, pleasantly surprised, how um, how conscientious uh you know london underground and 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 the, and the, and the trains and stuff have been mm. uh, with alcohol gel in most train stations you can you can pick up alcohol gel i am constantly forgetting my mask though oh my oh, word dear, dear. I, I, the amount of times and, and then i'll have a little little muggy one at the bottom of my bag that's only got one string so i'm holding oh, i'm God. sort of like i'm sort of putting it behind my yeah i'm just kind of putting it behind my uh glasses so hoping it'll stay on my face it's a it's a disaster but yeah i just keep on forgetting bloody masks it's, it's just not part of my you know wallets what was it wallets watch what is that saying tits teeth wallets and watch or something like that i can't remember <laughs> I've got a clue, but what I will say Spectacles, is... no, spectacles, testicles, wallets and watch I think that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a podcast you can add to your yeah. your, your exactly. uh, portfolio I, uh, <laughs> What I will say is in Japan they do have these alcoholic hand gels and sprays at pretty much every shop But 30% of them smell really weird, like fish There's almost mm. a fishy smell, it's not the nice oh, no. alcoholic smell So I think mm. that's why Natsuki carries his own pocket stash to... Uh, to avoid running into those horrible smelling ones that uh, really put you off using them. So well, he be careful. Should, he should he should be on nodding towels of this sort of thing anyway because he's a blooming he's a he's a he's a um a hair studio man. <laughs> he should have he should have um what do they call it? Uh, it's like blue. It's bright blue. Uh, barbicide. He should have one with barbicide in it. Barbicide <laughs> to kill all the bugs on the on the combs. Barbicide is the word I didn't know I well, I needed today. I like that barbicide. Sounds like, like death by barber. <laughs> what <an laughs> ominous ending to the podcast. Keep the stories, <laughs> questions, comments coming in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, take care, wash your hands, use some alcoholic gel, and we'll see you in the next few days. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.